Welcome to Booked, the podcast where two guys tell you about the books that they're reading. My name is Rob Olson. And I'm Livius Nedden. Tonight's book is The Mozart Conspiracy by Scott Mariani, um, published in the United States March 22nd, 2011. Previously published in the UK, as this is the second book in a long-running series at this point, six books um, surrounding character Ben Hope. Other books in the series, uh, it starts out with The Alchemist's Secret, then it goes to The Mozart Conspiracy, the book that we're going to be talking about tonight, followed by The Doomsday Prophecy, The Heretic's Treasure, The Shadow Project, and The Lost Relic. All of them uh, very, very cool titles, by the way. They're, they're all very eye-catching titles. Yes, and if you look at the cover art, they've all got that iconic action photo of a guy running, and it's like the silhouette, so you know what you're in for. It's very, very James Bond, uh, which we'll probably talk about a little bit later, as this book is touted as James Bond meets Jason Bourne meets The Da Vinci Code. <laughs> I know at least two of those met, but we can talk about that in a bit. Do you want to talk a little bit about what the story is? Sure. It's uh, about a former British uh, SAS major who's turned, um, I don't know if mercenary for hire is the right uh, word. He does do a lot of kidnapping retrieval, it seems, uh, and works with a, with a program where people are insured and versus kidnapping, and he's the one who's paid to go and retrieve them. Uh, he's uh, summoned to protect his old flame, Leigh Llewellyn, after a series of incidents have her worried for her safety. Um, as events unfold, Hope and Leigh are dragged into a huge conspiracy which may involve the recent murder of Lay's brother, um, which is Hope's uh, best friend, Oliver. And uh, and the uh, conspiracy dates as far back as the time of composer Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. Their hunt for the truth takes them throughout Europe in pursuit of a sneaky cabal of the super-rich and an ages-old letter rumored to be the last communication of Mozart before his suspected death by poisoning. The cabal is a bunch of rich, evil bitches, and the letter is possibly their only hope of understanding what's really going on and getting to the bottom of these murders. Um, it's The book is compared to as I said, James Bond, Jason Bourne, and the Da Vinci Code, and this guy Rob alluded to, there's very little Da Vinci Code here. If you're looking for a conspiracy book, a historical conspiracy book, I think this may not be the one that uh, that we're looking for. Definitely agree with Livius. Uh, if you signed on because you're a big fan of Mozart or if you're a big fan of really deep and interesting uh, mystery and intrigue surrounding conspiracies, this might fall a little flat for you. If you like action and adventure and kind of over-the-top violence and a fast, fast pace, this book is definitely more of your style. Yeah, the body count um, exceedingly high in this book as uh, Ben Hope can just take down anybody that gets in his path. Uh, Unlike the previous book that we reviewed, Three Seconds, even though this is the second in the series, uh, something I want to touch on is it's really not required reading that you read the first one. I didn't feel I was really missing anything as far as backstory goes. Uh, Mariani, uh, you can go one of two ways of this, either fleshed out his character enough um, that you didn't need the backstory, or the character is just shallow enough that what he did before really doesn't matter to, to the to the story. I'm going to go with you on that. Um it's definitely can def it can definitely stand alone. It's uh it's it didn't need any other information. Um as far as whether it's a shallow character or whether he just did a better job explaining him, I think he went into enough detail with some backstory uh surrounding his relationship with Oliver, um his relationship with Leigh and his time 
in the military to give you a good idea of his character and his perseverance and his kind of skills and abilities in life. Yeah, as far as the James Bond reference, uh, it's kind of going straight down the list of, of what these comparisons were. Kind of James Bond without the gadgets. Um, very charismatic, likable, attractive, um, irresistible to women, much of the same characters as Bond. Uh, less tuxedo wearing. Uh, he's got his uh, lovable brown bomber jacket that, uh, of course, is any great action hero. He manages to lose it at one point and then regain it in a you know in a warm moment, a la Indiana Jones in the hat. Yeah, and even um, they make he makes a special effort to let you know how much that coat means to him and how he feels unnatural, I guess, without without it and wearing a different coat. So when he puts his old coat on, everything feels fine again. Yeah. So that's where the James Bond comparisons end. Uh, and as far as Jason Bourne, probably the closest thing that we've seen uh, in the comparison is Jason Bourne. The book is very, very relentlessly paced. Um, it's helped out by that with these very, very short scenes kind of flipping back and forth between characters in some cases, you know, where the, a scene is three quarters of a page or maybe a page and a half and moving on to the next thing, which really does well for the pacing of the book. Um, one of the reasons it actually gets a, a point, and I hate to say this and sound so just awful about it, but this this got an extra point for me just for the pacing. Um, without the pacing, I think I would have found this book pretty boring. Well, yeah, there's definitely lots of violence. And um, speaking of pace, I listened to an uh, an interview with author Scott Mariani um, that he did. It was linked to on his, his personal website. And... Um, when he was asked the question, what makes a good thriller? I guarantee you in this, um, he probably spent about a minute talking about what makes a good thriller. And he said the word pace at least four or five times. So it's clearly a theme that he focused on and it, and it comes through for sure in the way that the story goes, because it's just nonstop breakneck speed. I think the last episode, when we read the the description of the book, we said it, it said breathless and breathless is very apt description of the book. Yeah, I, and it's obviously working out well for him. I don't know how well known of an author he is um, across the pond, but he's six books into the series, and you don't get there without some type of following. So, although it's his first foray into American, uh, the American market, he's obviously doing very well with this formula overseas, for sure. And um, again, on that interview I was listening to, there was a lot of talk, a lot of banter about the idea of being optioned for movies and he seemed like he was pretty confident that that was something that was going to happen um i can imagine that if it's not optioned for movies it could at least get picked up as you know some run on like short mini series on tv or you know uh a tv show that i don't know lasts a couple seasons or something like that sure the and it's funny because i hadn't heard or of read or heard that interview or read about it um, while I was reading the book, but I was thinking as I was reading it that this is written like it's a screenplay for a movie. Like an author sat down and said, I'm going to write a book that can be optioned as a movie, and here it is. And that's exactly how the book comes across. I know that he's heavily influenced, and this is from the um, Q&A at the end of the book. Uh, he he says that as an author, he's heavily influ- or more influenced by movies than he is by uh, by other literature. And that really does shine through in his writing. Yeah. Um, he 
Yeah, and I'm going to go ahead and say that Mariani does a really honest job of representing what he writes and what to expect from it. In all the interviews that I read that um, he's asked to talk about his books, um, like for, for this book, he described Ben Hope, and he said it's a guy who's a former soldier who rescues people, gets caught up in these historical mysteries, and must come out victorious. Um, and he delivers exactly that in this book. Um, the historical mysteries is kind of... I don't want to say it's not like a subplot, but it's it's not necessarily the thing that's most focused on. But he really does deliver pretty much exactly what he's promising, and obviously there is a market for that. I want to elaborate a little bit on what you just said as far as it being a subplot. I found it to almost be a no-plot. Oh, uh, in there that you go. I didn't really find there was much of a mystery or any intrigue. Um, the promo that we had read of it, you know, claimed it could be this, it could be that. Um, all of that is, you know, halfway through the book, all summed up in one in one scene with a character who has some knowledge about Mozart and, and some things. And it's basically, I didn't find it to be very mysterious at all. As you said, right from the beginning, I believe it's in the second or third scene in the book, um, you're introduced to the, <laughs> what did you call them? The the rich old, what was that you said? <laughs> the rich bitches, I think. Yeah, the, the, cabal yeah, of the rich evil bitches. bitches. That's it. Yeah, the, yeah the rich evil bitches. You're introduced <laughs> to them. So I think that the mystery kind of, you know, washes itself out a little bit. So yeah, what we're left really with is point. a... Yeah, what we're left with is a really is a really fast paced, um, over the top adventure book. People pay, you know, throw in millions and millions of dollars in, in theater ticket sales to to see this type of thing on the big screen. So for that portion of it, I'm I'm pretty happy with what it was for kind of cheesy over the top action. Like, unfortunately, it's not what the book promised. It promised, uh, at least to me, promised some historical intrigue, and I found it lacking in that department pretty significantly. Well, I'll tell you what. I um, Because it's not the typical book that I read, I, I tried to... My natural reaction was to try to find, you know, ways to criticize it and everything. But, like, I, I mean, um, I've been... The guy's been really consistent in what he promised, and um, I, I don't know, like... I don't think I can fault him for, uh, uh, you know, not for for making a promise he didn't deliver. I, I just that's just how I feel. I wanted to because I wasn't, you know, it wasn't what I was hoping for. But uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's. I don't know. And here in a second, after we give it some stars, I'm going to offer. We're both going to offer some options of what you can read if you're looking for this type of thing and. Um, anybody who's familiar with authors like early David Morrell, for example, would tell you that they, these books can still be very, very actiony and can have intrigue, but just be a little more interesting um, than than this came across, at least in my opinion. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. I, I'm not going to say it blew me away or anything, but uh, I can't find much fault with just the way that the story was delivered. There were some things that were underdeveloped, but if I if you focus on the action and the fun and everything i I think it's 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 decent okay you ready to give it a rating um (laughs) actually before we go to that uh there's one thing i wanted to point out that definitely colors my uh opinion of the book a little bit um and it's probably just me being very picky is um in one of the chapters towards the, the later part of the book he uses the word disorientated and it bothered me so much uh, that I actually spent probably about a half an hour researching disorientated and because uh, I didn't think it was a legitimate word. I thought it was a mis- misuse. It turns out 
and I'm going to bore everybody that's listening to this. Disorientate is a verb, so it's an action that can happen. If you are disorientated, you are the receiving end of someone who's trying to disorientate you, which is the action of making someone of disorienting. So being disorientated seems like it's almost an aggressive thing. Um, being disoriented is a state of you know confusion or not knowing what's going on. So the fact that that made it through, I don't know, the whole writing process and the editorial process and no one picked it up really bothered me. It really stuck with me for you, really shallow reasons. If you just tuned in, this was our uh, word snob minute on Booked, um, where Rob <laughs> criticizes one word. And <laughs> Everybody's got their thing. And yes. And words I'm, matter I'm a lot. I'm familiar they, with your, with your, <laughs> your feelings well, about certain words, and, and I agree with you, and I glazed right over it, and I probably just read it as um, disoriented and moved right on. So, I don't know. Well, when you're writing a book... All I'm going to say is when you're writing a book and you're a published author, words, I mean, it, all it is is words. You're making your livelihood on words. So that's something that I might be just being too picky, but it matters. All right. Uh, did you want to go and uh, give that a rating? <laughs> why don't you, I'll cool down for a minute. Why don't you, uh, why don't you give a, a wrap up and give a rating for the book? Okay. I, I'm a little torn. Uh, on this book and I'm just going to throw out there now it's it's three stars for me three out of five stars and I while reading the book I was reading through it and all I can call it is like for me uh, like a beach read I mean it's something that I could put off put down you know and go through in an afternoon Um, I was very tempted as I was reading it the pace was really fast and whatnot. before I sat down to really really think about how I felt about the book it was probably four stars after I really thought about what the premise of the book was supposed to be, character development and everything else, it kind of moved down to two stars. And then it did get that point I mentioned earlier for pacing. So it landed at a, at a very solid three stars. I don't think I'll be reading another Scott Mariani book. Um, there are, again, some other authors that do this, and in my opinion, do it much, much better than he does. But um, I do give him credit. I mean, he's six books in, and he must be uh, making quite a splash over, over in England. And... Um, I think that there are certain people that could really enjoy this book if you're an action-adventure film fan um, and you want something to read. Um, this is probably a good book for you. We are just the most critical, like, overbearing people, I think, uh, <laughs> if you listen to the previous one. Actually, um, to talk really quickly before I get into my review, I, <laughs> I noticed we, the, the episode before this where you reviewed Three Seconds, that Swedish crime novel, um, we both kind of had wishy-washy feelings about it, and I think it ended up at about a three for both of us. And <laughs> I happened to be going—I was on the on the internet—and I happened to run across um, a New York Times review from I think January for the book, and that's right when the book came out, where they made it sound like it just blew Steve Larson out of the water, and uh, it was like revolutionary, and it was going to change books forever. And I was like, did I read? the same book did i get a different you know edit of the book or something so i i'm, I'm worried <laughs> we're like we're super critical but uh well i think we we fell in line or uh i'm trying to remember again we're going back to the last one i think amazon had it at four stars for for their reader so we weren't you know far off the mark of what the general public thinks that's but fair. if you look back at that too there are some one star reviews for it as well so yeah that's true um so if all right, I'll give my quick little wrap up and my my rating on it. Uh, I'll, I'll give the rating first. I was bouncing back and forth between a three and a three and a half. I'm going to land on a three. 
Um, like I've said kind of throughout this little talk, he promises, you know, basically this book that's high-paced. It's got this kind of... His Ben Hope character is um, pretty much the the ultimate example of an action hero and it's kind of tip it's the most typical thriller story you'll ever hear it's got this dashing hero um he's got a troubled past the ladies love him um so i mean he delivers on his promises uh with the exception of the historical element which is a little bit lacking and especially i didn't make mention of this yet but he's a classically trained pianist and um one of the things with other historical books that I've read is any time that you've got a book that takes you to another time or another place or has the potential to, that's a really, really easy excuse for exposition, for taking someone out of the action and kind of laying out the, um, like laying more of a foundation for the the intrigue and the and the backstory for the mystery and i mean it's a it's it's a give me you know, it's a gimme it's 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 really simple to take that excuse and just travel me take me back to mozart and show me a scene of what was going on or or something and and it's an opportunity that he didn't take so that was kind of disappointing um i don't know overall the book read fine it gave lots of action. I wasn't disappointed with any of that. Um, but again, he kind of did take this. Here's what he did. He said, I love music, and I'm I'm trained in piano. I've always had this kind of personal fascination with Mozart and the, the circumstances surrounding his death, and why don't I write about it? And then he said, I've got this Ben Hope character. Perfect mix. He's always getting in these historical mysteries, so I'll throw him in this. But um, I think because of the focus on the Ben Hope character, uh, the, the Mozart angle just lacked. Overall, I'm giving it a three. Uh, and that's pretty much what I've got. And <laughs> I did have him at a 3.5 until I word-copped him on the disorientated thing. So I want to fess up to that. It is me being picky, but that's, what I, that's, what, that's how I am. Okay. So here's, uh, here's our read this, not that portion. Uh, if you're looking for a great action hero, uh, if you're looking, I'm going to go with a great action story, Dark Rivers of the Heart by Dean Koontz. This book's probably 10 or 12 years old by uh, by now. It um, just still resonates in me. Whenever I read an action book, it has become kind of where I set the bar for what a good, fast-paced adventure book should be. Um, no historical intrigue in there. This is just strictly action. And if you're looking for a series, um, the Jack Reacher series by Lee Child, the character's a lot like Ben Hope. I just think he's a little deeper, and um, the situations he encounters seem to be a little more realistic and just just better fleshed out, less flash, um, more action, but more intelligent action, in my opinion. So there's my uh, there's my recommendations for you. Okay, and here's what I've got. Um, first of all, just in general, readers who would enjoy this book, I think basically thriller junkies, if you read thrillers and thrillers and you love thrillers and you're looking for more thrillers, this is going to be a pretty good bet for you. Uh, it's kind of got a beach read element, like Livia said earlier, if you like a gigantic pile of bodies in your beach read. Um, so thriller junkies, like, this is the book for you. If you're looking for more history and less blood, less less uh, action, uh, I would recommend 
practically any book by Arturo Perez Reverte. Um, specifically, though, books that really delve into history and and do a great job of developing a good historical fiction plotline are his books, The Flanders Panel, The Seville Communion, uh, The Fencing Master, and The Club Dumas, which was later loosely adapted into the book, into the excuse me, into the movie, The Ninth Gate. Very, Ninth Gate. very loosely. <laughs> Barely. <laughs> I want to say, Livius was the one who actually recommended per- Perez Reverte to me in the be- in the first place, and it was because I was talking about how much I love Ninth Gate, and he said, oh, have you le- read the Club Dumas? Um, I think you gave me the caveat that it was <laughs> a very loose adaptation. Um, it takes some of the premises and ideas and probably some of the actual story, and really, <laughs> it almost like sprints in a different direction, I think. <laughs> but still, if you're a fan of that movie, it would be nice for you to see the origin of it, which was this book, The Club Dumas. Um, again, Perez Reverte does a great job of really, really developing detailed historical fiction in a way that's very believable, and he really puts you right in the story. Uh, I can't say enough good things about him. Um, he's also got he's got a series... No, I'm not even going to talk about that. Stick with the Flanders Panel, the Seville Communion, uh, the Club Dumas, and the Fencing Master. They're all excellent books. If I were to rate them in a podcast, I would give them all five out of five, but we're not talking about that right now. And then, of course, um, still looking for a historical thing and not really ready to reach out to uh, something unknown like Perez Reverte, Dan Brown. He he does it better. That's all I'm going to say about that. Yep, I'm going to agree with you, and I'm was a fan of uh, of Reverte's stuff, especially his earlier stuff. Um, and then Dan Brown I like. And one of the things I like about Dan Brown when you attack, and again, because the reference is made to Da Vinci Code, if you're going to attack historical mystery, I want to walk away feeling like I learned something. And sadly, I learned more about Mozart um, from the Q&A at the end of the book than I did from the <laughs> 300 pages or whatever it was that, you know, that contained the story that surrounded the conspiracy of his murder. Yeah, that's a really yeah, and not to attack him after we've already attacked him, finished yeah. rating the book, but that's a really good point. Um, it seemed like everything that you learned about the Mozart, the death of him, and everything is something that could just easily. It seemed like it was all stuff that he could have just made up to fit his story. It doesn't seem like it's something where you're like, oh, you know, I need to go. That sounds really interesting. I wonder if that's true. It's like I bet it's not true. I bet it just, you know, was thrown in there. That's how it all felt, whether it's the way it is or not. That's how I felt. There you go. Got anything else you want to plug this podcast? Oh, it's uh, it's interesting you mentioned that, because I do. I actually want to do... Um, I think that it would be nice to do shout-outs from time to time uh, in the podcast, and I want to do... My first shout-out is for Joey Camo. Joey Camo uh, is definitely a departure from all the books that we've reviewed so far, all two of the books we've reviewed so far. Um, he's a co-creator of the webcomic... A Softer World, which is a photo webcomic um, that you might be familiar with, you might not. He's also authored several short novels and story collections, including Lockpick Pornography, It's Too Late to Say I'm Sorry, Overqualified, One Bloody Thing After Another, Bible Camp Bloodbath, and The Girl Who Couldn't Come. Um, To give you a little bit of an idea of what this guy's about, his Wikipedia page says... His work is definitely difficult to classify by genre. Of his seven books, two are comic collections. One is a genderqueer adventure story. One is an experimental novel told through job application letters. One is a collection of short stories. And two are horror. Now, 
what I've actually read, um, I've read the book Bible Camp Bloodbath, and um, I don't even really know how to explain it, but I'll read you the back cover of it, where it says, Martin is going to Bible Camp for the summer. He's going to make new friends, and he's excited, but that's probably because nobody told him what this book is called. Um, so that's kind of can tell you what the guy's humor is like. Bible Camp Bloodbath is a short book at coming in at just over 70 pages, I believe. Uh, it's quick. It's funny. It's a very, very light read if you like a lot of murder in your light reads. Uh, I've liked everything that the guy's come out with, and I just recently bought for my Kindle his new book, The Girl Who Couldn't Come, and I think it was about six bucks. So check out A Softer World. Check out Joey Camo in general. And if anybody wants to borrow Bible Camp Bloodbath, you can hit us up, and I will definitely send it over to you. All right. Next episode, we're going to be reading Sunset Park by Paul Oster. I'm going to give you a real quick synopsis on that. Luminous, passionate, expansive, an emotional tour de force, Sunset Park follows the hopes and fears of a cast of unforgettable characters brought together by the mysterious Miles Heller during the dark months of the 2008 economic collapse. Uh, started it uh, today, yeah, just a little bit in, and uh, not too bad. We may have something that comes out at over three stars. Who knows? <laughs> um, I haven't started it yet, but um, as Livius knows, I read uh, the only, I've actually only read uh, one other Oster book, which is the New York trilogy, which was published in the mid '80s, and it's actually three stories in one book. Uh, interesting stuff. I liked that the author had a very unique voice, but it was kind of tough to follow at times. So we'll see what he does with Sunset Park. I'm right with you on that. I still don't know what that trilogy was about, but I do remember distinctly counting it as three different books. So shame on me. (laughs) No, I think it's, well, I think it is one book at any rate. Okay. Okay. You want to let the folks know where they can get a hold of us? Yes. Uh, I know you're going to be dying to contact us after listening to this podcast, so let me tell you where you can find us. You can find us on Twitter at Booked Podcast. You can go to our blog, which you probably have if you're listening to this, which is bookedpodcast.wordpress.com. You can email us at bookedpodcast at gmail.com. And um, why don't you become our friend on Goodreads? Our username in Goodreads is Booked Podcast. You can see uh, the books we are reading, the books we've read, and possibly even books that we plan to read in the future. You got anything else, Livius? Nope, that's it. All right, that's Booked for this week. I'm Rob Olson. And I'm Livia Snedden. Keep reading.